Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way, providing a seamless mortgage experience. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Send the tweets, send the hot takes at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. Coming up in just about 20 minutes, it is the segment that is sweeping the nation because it's confusing the nation. Work or shoot. Hickey, are we going to have to rename that segment? No, I think it works well. We got the Ric Flair open, we got the wrestling... They don't know which is a work and which is a shoot. I think you do a good job each week of explaining. I didn't get it, and now I get it. You do? Yeah, I understand. Work is like false. Shoot is true. It's just a a backwards version of true or false. But hey, that's wrestling. Straight shooting, brother. Straight shooting. Straight straight shooting, exactly. I I also had to remind myself. I was watching, again, I was watching postseason baseball. I'm going to get to my point of what I wanted to say about Joe Burrow and Cincinnati. Because I, I got an idea to throw out to everybody, and you're got, you guys are going to immediately say, Ken, you've lost all credibility and all the things people say about radio show hosts. I'm watching postseason baseball. When a team comes back, how many times do you see a gif of the Undertaker sitting up in a, in a, in a casket? The classic shot where they show the Undertaker. Hickey, answer the question. Remember that is one of my favorite gifs in Twitter. It I hit, love it. It hit me like a bionic elbow over this last week. We don't realize how great wrestling was, 80s and 90s, to, or even I'll give even a little bit of the early 2000s. We don't realize how great wrestling was until we actually see that this is a website. This is a website that I, I, hey, I'm 34. I'm one of the older guys who uses this website. I have to be. On Twitter, I have to be one of the older people now who use that website. Facebook's different, but on Twitter, i got to be one of the older ones. It's for 18-year-olds and really for people who are younger to talk trash to guys like me under under some sort of different guise because they heard something, I said something bad about LeBron that they didn't like for whatever reason. I've got to be one of the older people to see it. And it's amazing to me the reach when you see gifts. Real quick, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair. Rick freaking Flair is a bigger legend in America, is as big of a legend in America now as maybe he was when he was a pro wrestler, when he was an active pro wrestler in the 1980s. These are legends, and I it just hit me again, like, like a, a huge, big right hand from Dusty Rhodes. I'm thinking, where are the guys now? Where are these legends now? Like, there are, there are wrestling fans that like pro wrestlers now. But in the terms of 
regular society, regular fringe society, when you were growing up in the 90s, when you were an adult in the 90s, even if you didn't watch Monday Night Raw or WCW Monday Night Nitro, you knew exactly who the Macho Man was, you knew who Hollywood Hogan was, you sure as hell know who Stone Cold Steve Austin was. You just knew they were on the cover of TV Guide, they were on all the daytime talk shows, these were major stars. Where's the stars? Where's the stars? It's over. Hickey, it's sad. It's over. The major stardom, the big-time reach. Like, I like pro wrestling as much as the next guy, and there's things about AEW that I like, and there's things about about, uh, WWE that I like. There's things I like about the indies, too. But there's no more that reach. It's just something I noticed. You got me off on a tangent because we start off at noon Eastern and we, t- we play the Ric Flair Open. 855-2124-CBS. My thoughts on Cam, I think that they should cancel the game or postpone the game tomorrow. I think it's better safe than sorry. You have one team that's affected with just one player, and that's Cam. And, I, yeah, you got 52 other guys. I got it. But if I, if I postpone this game, not cancel it, I postpone this game, I know I'm guaranteeing myself that I can play it in the future. I'm giving – I'm giving myself as close to a guarantee that I can, that I can play it in the future. We have no idea what the future holds, but I'm giving myself the best chances I got to play that game in the future and to not affect anybody else. There will be some fans who feel a little bit cheated. There will be Patriots fans who certainly feel cheated if all the other 52, which are right now negative, if they come out tomorrow and they're negative and they come out on Monday and they're still negative and they go, okay, we're going to we're gonna get ready for week five. Away we go and we got, we got Cam Newton quarantined and we got either Brian Hoyer or Jared Stidham as the starter. And some Kansas City fans are going to be upset because now you have to move around bye weeks. This is what we're dealing with. This is football under uncertain circumstances. And I'd rather do it this way. Hey, you lose two football games this this week. Big deal. Other games become bigger. I lose two football games this week. I don't have to drag this thing out any further. So if I just let that happen, that's fine. According to Field Yates and Adam Schefter, just this coming down right now, Sunday's game against the Chiefs has been postponed. I think it's been... I think it's the right idea. And they said that according to Adam Schefter right now, Patriots-Chiefs game likely to be played Monday or Tuesday. I'll tell you, I'd rather it be on Monday. I don't want it to be on Tuesday. If everybody's negative tomorrow and Monday, I'd like it to be played on Monday. I don't want the NFL to get a chance to experiment on Tuesday because I don't want them to play NFL football every day of the week. Give me a couple of days off. How could I miss you if you won't go away? I love the NFL. I think we love football. There's nothing that they've done to seem that anybody would not like the NFL and not want to do this. I'm not going to be able to say what I wanted to say about Joe Burrow. But... I just don't want them to play on Tuesday and Wednesday and affect Maction and affect other conferences about college football. I don't want them to play on Tuesdays. I don't want them to play on Wednesdays. I really don't want them to play on Thursdays. I want to look forward to football on Sunday afternoon. I want to look forward to football on Sunday night. I want to look forward to it on Monday. I don't need it on Tuesday. NFL football. I do not need NFL football on Tuesday. If I want it, I have the Mid-American Conference later on this fall. I can watch good Maction on a Tuesday night. I got my Akron Zips who are still looking for their first win under Tom Arth. I can't wait to watch some action later on. My friends up in Western Michigan can't wait to watch the Broncos, and I got Tuesday night to watch that. I don't need NFL football because you give them an inch, they take a mile. And it's been proven so many times over. We complain and we moan about Thursdays. We watch on Thursdays. We complain and we moan about the offseason. We watch every offseason move. 
Their offseason has become almost as big as the NBA's offseason with free agency. Their free agency kickoff, the combine, which used to be under lock and key with guards outside the RCA Dome, now everybody's welcome, and I think it's only a matter of time. After this is all over, we start selling to We start moving it around, and we start selling tickets. I don't know where the NFL stops where finally people say, I've seen enough of this. This is a bad idea. You need to go the other way. The NBA started things and taking them back. Major League Baseball certainly started things and taking them back. Things that people didn't like. I keep wondering, where's the mistake with the NFL? Politics aside, some people will bring up politics, certainly. Where's the mistake with the NFL? They haven't made it. They haven't done it. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. i got to get to this. This has been on my chest. So uh, we are paying attention to what's going on right now with the Kansas City Chiefs and the New England Patriots. According to all these reports, Locke and Fora, everybody, uh, the Chiefs game against the Patriots is postponed until possibly maybe Monday or Tuesday or to maybe another week. All the other Patriots, other than Cam Newton, have tested negative. They're going to keep them on the ground. We'll see where they go. Anything changes, we'll let you guys know about it. I got an unpopular opinion to share. You saw David Carr. I saw Tim Couch. I want the Bengals to consider it. I want the Bengals to consider this. I watched Joe Burrow in Cincinnati all three weeks. I've never seen a guy get so much praise for being 0-2-1 in my entire life. I've never seen a guy getting so much praise for not winning a game in my entire life. And that sounds like a very harsh statement. It's not. Joe Burrow is completing great throws. Joe Burrow is showing that he is every bit the number one overall quarterback that they drafted in Cincinnati that's supposed to save that franchise and take that franchise to the other to another level. What I saw, though, in each of those weeks against the Chargers, against Cleveland, and against Philadelphia, some of these hits, the one with Derek Barnett, I haven't seen a hit like that since the 90s. Warren Sharp retweeted it out there with the head bobbling. He looked like Merton Hanks as he hit the deck. I have not seen quarterbacks hit like that since the 90s. And I know There's flags. They got it. Yeah, I know. He's still taking those hits. You watch David Carr. I watched Tim Couch. You watched a career that maybe David Carr wasn't going to be that great. And David Carr's great as an analyst, and he's great in the booth, and I mean that. Maybe David Carr wouldn't have been that great. But you saw David Carr go out there with a f- expansion franchise and get his ass handed to him for a couple of years until he was used up and no good. No offensive line, hit after hit after hit after hit until his brain was scrambled eggs. I watched Tim Couch go out there and have some success and show that, yeah, he was a capable number one overall pick, a great quarterback at times, at times, for the Cleveland Browns. The one playoff appearance that they've had since coming back in 1999, yeah, Kelly Holcomb gets a hell of a lot of credit for that, but it's Tim Couch that helped him get there. It was their number one overall pick. It was the face of their franchise that helped him get there. With an expansion offensive line and an expansion defense and guys who couldn't handle him and guys who couldn't block for him, and he got hammered by different defenses every single week, and I am seeing it right now. The only worst thing is is that Cincinnati's not an expansion franchise. Been around since 67, 68. And I've watched Joe Burrow in three separate weeks 
take hits that used to be on old NFL highlight videos before we started looking down on those type of things. There's a video that I still have, a VHS tape. It's right next to my Christy Canyons. It's called NFL Total Impact, and it's hosted by Merton Hanks and Steve Young. And it's nothing but hit after hit after hit over NFL quarterbacks. It's incredible. And they actually marketed it. They sold it. It was amazing. You look back at it now, there's no way they'd ever push something like that. I'm seeing those type of hits from that VHS, which I rewound and watched again and rewound and watched again, just like the Christy Canyon ones. I, I, I watched those so many times over. I'm seeing those type of hits that Joe Burrow's, see, Joe Burrow's hitting with him. I want to give an idea. The Bengals are 0-2-1. We already know that Joe Burrow can make these throws. We already know that Joe Burrow's a very talented quarterback. These are things that we already know. For Mike Brown, for Duke Tobin, for even Zach Taylor, don't you want to protect your investment? I gave you Derek Carr as a scenario. I gave you Tim Couch as an example as well. Don't you want to protect your investment? We know in the heart of hearts that you're not going anywhere this year. Now, I'm not saying to do this now. Give it a couple of weeks. Hopefully things will be okay, and he'll stay upright and all right, because I think he's going to go out there and get tattooed again, and he will the next week and the week after that, and they're not going to win many games. As soon as you find out that this season is probably going where we think it's going to go, a few wins here and there, maybe we'll reevaluate. Maybe it'll be worth it. Maybe I'll take this back in a month. We'll see. But at 0-2-1, just think about this. You have him, you know he's tough, you know he can play, you know you're trying to save your fan base down in Cincinnati. Why play him when you go out of contention? And I can give you the perfect plan. People in Cincinnati don't care for Mike Brown. They think he's cheap, they don't think he's the right owner, they think that he is sometimes disengaged. They're not a big fan of Mike Brown. Blame it on Mike Brown. Do what's right for Joe Burrow. Don't let him be David Carr. Don't let him be Tim Couch. Don't force him out there. You know he can throw, and you know that he's getting good seasoning now. And he knows. He knows he is being humbled by grown men in the NFL every single week. He's got it. Trust me, he's got the message already three weeks into the season. But you all three get together. Taylor, Tobin, Brown. You go behind closed doors, and Zach Taylor's going to hate this because Zach Taylor can't trust you, except you're the team that gives guys chances to stay and to change it. Other NFL teams, they wave bye-bye to coaches nearly as soon as they hire them. You're the team that gave Marvin Lewis all the time in the world. You're the team that is patient with this, that wants these things to work. You're the team that does this. So even though Zach Taylor won't trust you, you can do your best to gain that trust. You meet in a room. Socially distance, of course. Maybe you meet outside. Talk to each other and say, we're going to sit him. Not now. No, not now. It's too early. I get it. It's too early. But at some time down the line, when you're still probably a one or a two-win football team and you are definitely out of it and the leaves have all fallen and the only thing left to do is to play out the string against teams that are still going to hammer the hell out of your number one overall quarterback and God forbid they put him with an injury as things get later in the season. God forbid something bad happens to him where it affects the beginning of the year next year. Then you're playing behind the eight ball. Meet together at six feet apart, of course, and talk about sitting him. And if you get everybody on the right page, you do this perfectly. 
Mike Brown, who's already disliked, can go out there and say, you know, this guy is our investment. He's getting killed. I don't want him to turn into Greg Cook, which is an old Bengals reference that all you old Bengals fans certainly know. I don't want him to turn into Greg Cook. I want to be able to sell merchandise and get him to the playoffs and have us win a Super Bowl, and I can do, finally, I can live out that dream for my daddy. I can do that. I want him to sit. And Duke Tobin is an old football man. will go, no, you can't do so. Yes, he can. Because we already know. And Zach Taylor, of course, because he doesn't believe everything is going to be the same and he doesn't believe that he's going to be able to just keep his job right now. No, 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 we can't. Yes, you can. Because we already know he's good. And everybody's lining up to claim that he's good. And plus, there will still be even less tape on him. And so now I don't throw him in harm's way. And if I get everybody on board with this, I can just blame Mike Brown. Everybody expects this out of Mike Brown anyway because to everybody else out there, he's not the great owner, he's cheap, he's a bit goofy, and this is just par for the course. And Zach Taylor and Duke Tobin can go, ah, it's above me. It's right up to Mike Brown. We can't do this. Mike Brown, he's the owner. It's his team. He can do what he wants. And Zach Taylor can stomp and huff and puff. And Joe Burrow is going to be upset because Joe Burrow is a tough guy and wants to play and wants to develop. And he's a leader and a captain already. So he knows if he's off the field, it feels like he's been made to be better than all his teammates already. And that might submarine him, except... You're looking to replace these offensive linemen anyway. And I can blame it on Mike. It's not Joe's fault. Mean Mr. Brown up there in the tower, he's saying that Joe Burrow can't play. It's not Joe's fault. Joe wants to play, and Joe will want to play. But Joe can't. Mike Brown isn't going to allow it. We have an investment to protect. So we'll play Brandon Allen or whoever the hell is the backup quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. I can't even tell you right off the top of my head. We'll play somebody else out there. We'll throw old Ken Anderson in there if we need to. But we're not going to play Joe Burrow. And we're not going to let him go out there in the month of November, in the month of December, and go out and continue to take punishment for nothing. We'll keep him healthy. We'll keep him upright. All right. We're not going to turn him into David Carr. We're not going to turn him into Tim Couch. We're not going to turn him into Greg Cook. None of that's going to happen. He will come back in 2021. Maybe we'll spend a little bit in free agency. Remember, it's supposed to be cheaper this year. We're freezing the cap. Aha! Some guys are going to want to play. Some guys are going to want to get paid. And because everybody loves Joe Burrow, maybe this will be the great success story. And maybe the Bengals will come together. Maybe they won't. And if they don't, then I think maybe you consider it. I don't know if I'd do it. I don't know if I'd have the guts. I've never done anything like this. Personally, I don't know if I would do it. But I think it's something that should be considered by the Cincinnati Bengals. Because it's been a long time since I've seen a quarterback go out there and get hammered. And every quarterback that I can think of that went out there and got hammered like that had a poor ending to their career. We know that Joe Burrow's got the goods. I'm not saying you got to do it. I'm just laying out a plan of how you can do it, how Zach Taylor saves face, how certainly Joe Burrow does, because remember, he's still a leader of that team, but the guys who you want to replace anyway, they ain't going to be here anyway next year, so no one gives a damn about those guys. And then you go on to 2021, and Zach Taylor's shown that he's doing his very best so far, doing his very best to protect Joe Burrow the best he can. And Joe can make all those throws and do all those things and be that leader. They are not going to do that. I can almost guarantee they're not going to do that. 
But I think because of what I've seen over the last three weeks, unlike anything I've seen in modern football over the last 10 years, I think it's worth it to think about it. 855-2124-CBS. Up next, work or shoot. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Steve getting in says he disagrees with me. No way you take Burrow out. Getting hit hard, but he's competing in nearly winning games. He's gaining experience and playing like a number one pick. He's way better than Carr and Couch. He won't become them because he's better. Not even a question. He plays. I'm not saying you're, you're getting the whole thing mixed up, Steve. Probably you've had a couple of drinks already if this is the right Steve. First off, no, I'm not pulling him now. The second thing is, is that no one's debating whether or not he's better than those guys. I believe he's probably better than those guys. That's not the debate. I want him to be able to reach his full potential. So in a, in a month, because we'll do dead or alive next week. Week four, after week four going into week five is when we do dead or alive. And I actually, it's been a little bit weird over the last few years because there's been a couple of teams that I, I counted for dead that have actually been better than what I thought they were going to be. It's not about now. It's about the future. If I get to November and they are a out of eight weeks, if they are a because you got to put the one in there two, five and one team, maybe you keep them in there. I would say so. You get to December and this thing's really falling out. Get them out. Get them. I know what he can do. We know what he can do. And I'm already looking at December. Remember, if he gets hurt that badly. God forbid, and it, I'm not thinking team because coaches never coach to. We're going to end up doing work or shoot at 12:40. By the way, I can tell already. Uh, coaches don't coach to injury. People were nasty with Belichick about Rob Gronkowski getting hurt on special teams. You got to play some of those guys at that time. You only had 46 who were eligible. Yes, yeah, sometimes you got to play them. Coaches don't coach to injury. That's why I take it out of the coach's hands. I don't think Zach Taylor should be thinking about that, and really even Duke Tobin might might not even be thinking about that. But Mike Brown should be thinking about that. He was his father's son. That team was started, and Greg Cook is maybe the best story that never was with the Cincinnati Bengals. And he had an arm broken, and he could have been one of the all-time greats for that organization. Ask any longtime Cincinnati Bengals fan down there. They'll tell you. The birth of the West Coast offense is because of the injury to Greg Cook. It could have been one of the greats. You don't want to have anything like that because we know an injury can take precedent and have a lot of problems, and all of a sudden if you have a guy who's injured, and this guy was actually playing in games that matter, a guy like Carson Wentz, he's afraid to pull the trigger, he's afraid of the footsteps, he's been injured often, there was great talent there, and we'll always wonder because he's been made like a house of glass. And now he's got Jalen Hurts breathing down his neck, and his head coach is having to answer question for him because it looks like he's got the yips as a quarterback. Nobody wants any of that to happen, and that's a guy who played in competitive games. They had to play Carson Wentz, of course. This is a situation where you go into the month of December. I don't know about November. You go into the month of December. Just hear it out. Mike Brown's the bad guy. People already think he's a bad guy. Bad owner. I don't know if he's a bad guy, for crying out loud. But not the best owner out there. Notoriously cheap. Notoriously penny-pinching. And you put it on him. Mike, Mike says he can't play him. Hell, they did this with Strasburg with the with the Nationals years ago. It ended up working out later on. And Mike says not to play him. Mr. Brown's the owner. He's the boss. We got to do what the boss says. He says not to play him. Joe Burrow would not accept something like that unless the owner made him. His father, Jim, who's a great football coach in his own right, great assistant coach in his own right, probably cringes if he hears me saying this. But desperate times make me think different ways. 
And for Joe Burrow to see him get pounded into the ground in just three weeks, it scares me what we're going to see over the next seven, eight, or nine. And so if I go into the month of December, it's something to be considered. What am I getting from him? You're not going to make the playoffs. And I'm talking December here. You're not making the playoffs. You're probably a, a hand, not even a handful of wins team. By the end of the season, you're not. By that time, he will have proven he can make the throws. We already know he can. We already know he can read the defenses there. We, we should be able to. I know that they're going to throw things differently at him, especially as the year goes on and he plays some of the teams in his division twice. You already know that's going to happen. So what are you waiting on? Because if he goes down in the month of December, depending on the injury, that affects OTAs, that affects minicamp, that affects training camp. Hopefully we're in a much better place as a society and as a world at that time, so maybe you can open it back up and have a couple of things going for you. We pray, we hope. And you're going to put him behind the eight ball going into the 2021 season? No, not a chance. No way in hell. That's a number one overall guy. And if you talk to Mo Ager of ESPN 1530 down there, they already talk about that team possibly moving in 2026. That is a guy that is not there to be the best quarterback that they have to go out and win football games. That guy is very well a messiah for that organization. And it hasn't even been that bad in Cincinnati as where it's been in Washington, Cleveland, the Jets. It's not been nearly as bad as it has been with those places. But that's already a place they start to think about the future because 2026 will be there as soon as possible. What do you want? Do you want a guy who's been on the sidelines? Do you want a guy who we wonder if that guy can stay healthy? Or do you want a guy who's in the middle of his prime, going into the middle of his prime, owning the AFC North, throwing the ball all over the place, and competing against Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson in late postseason games. If this year is a test, he will have already passed it by December. All that said, I don't know if I'd have the guts to do it, but I think it's something that seriously should be considered by Cincinnati. 855-2124-CBS. We will do work or shoot and also... Folks, and I'm talking to people in Atlanta, and I'm talking to people in Minneapolis, it is better to be close and heartbroken than to be far away and hopeless. Take it from me. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's brought to you by the fine folks at Geico. Right now they can save you an extra 15% on car insurance. That's right. An extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies on top of what GEICO could already save you. What are you waiting for? Visit GEICO.com to learn more. Also, remember, tomorrow it's an NFL on CBS doubleheader. Hopefully I'm reading this right. Nope, can't read that because there's already a game that's canceled in there, but I'm going to try it anyway. Tomorrow it's an NFL on CBS doubleheader with Brady's Bucks hosting the Chargers or an interconference matchup between the Colts and the Bears. In the second game, most of you will not see the Patriots and Cam Newton in Kansas City for a meeting with Mahomes and the Chiefs. The coverage still, though, starts with the NFL today at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, only on CBS. Make sure you check your local listings for that second game that you get to see, because I'm sure it's still going to be a dandy. Does CBS then just still do that game on that Monday or Tuesday night? You'd have to think, right? Yeah? 100%, right? If it's like, I'm yeah. assuming it's an answer normal for <laughs> yeah. that game, I'm sure they just yeah. stay there. If you're CBS, I'm paying for that game. We're sure as hell doing that game. Especially because that's got that's got to be Nance and Romo. I I don't know off the top of my head. I know a lot of people pay attention to that. I don't. I only pay attention to the ones that we have. Um, it's got to be Nance and Romo. So yeah, you bet your ass they're going to be doing that game. I don't want them to do it on Tuesday. Protect Maction. 
All right, coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern, I'm going to tell you, I know that you're hurting in Atlanta, and I know that you're hurting up in Minneapolis because of what happened to the Twinkies. I got it. I'm going to tell you guys right now, it's better to get close and be heartbroken than to be completely hopeless. That coming up, but right now we got to get the worker shoot. Hickey, it is time Ten. to start the works and the shoots. Are you ready? I love remember, working. I love shooting. Let's have some fun here. How let's about that? Do the, let's do the ground rules. Work or shoot is like true or false, except work is false and shoot is true. So it's like backwards, work, true, or false. It's basically now false or true. Work or shoot is rec- wrestling parlance, for a work is something that we believe, a shoot is something that is actually happening. So a shoot is true, a work is false. Stay with us as we go through work or shoot. Ready, go! All right, Kenny, we'll start with the biggest breaking news of the day. First, earlier this morning, we found out more positive tests came out of Nashville, as now a total of 16 Titan players and staffers have tested positive for the coronavirus starting back since Monday. Now, this Sunday's game against the Steelers has already been rescheduled for week number seven, as well as Which- Pittsburgh... By the way, my boss has texted me the Bears game is moving to four. So now you get to watch the Bears at four. Go ahead. Oh, Colts and the Bears are now at four. All right. Colts and Bears at four. Wow. Colts and Bears How at 4 p.m., baby. that, folks? Phillip Rivers. Nick Foles. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Go ahead. So as you mentioned, week number seven now will be the new target date for the Steelers and uh, Titans game as their bye weeks are moved up to this week. Now, earlier this morning, breaking news coming out of New England, Cam Newton has tested positive for the virus, won't play in Kansas City, and as we know, that game is postponed to at least, at least at this point to be played either Monday or possibly on Tuesday. So work or shoot. The NFL should create a week 18 in order to make it easier to postpone and reschedule games. Shoot. 100% shoot. That's the easiest work or shoot you've ever asked me. Yeah. When do they pl- do they plan to play the su- the Super Bowl at the same time as usual? Oh, perfect. That's going to push it back even further. You're going to be pushed back right there around President's Day, which I know not a lot of people get President's Day off, but they still want that weekend because it just makes it a little easier for you to take President's Day off. The NFL wants to get there anyway, and they probably will. So, uh, yeah, that that's a shoot. They should create a Week 18, make sure they get those games in and do what's necessary there. Next. Can I create a quick sidebar really quick? Please do. It's a, Are you it's surprised that hasn't really been, like, talked about or discussed more i think it's been discussed privately i I, okay. I don't think it's yeah i think it's been discussed privately we'll see what actually happens with it um but i i think that that's probably something i, I don't i just don't think they want to I, I don't think they want to do it yet but it's something that's definitely probably on something that's definitely on the table for them is is a week 18 uh to make sure you can get those games in but again you want to make sure and this is why the nfl is being stringent on the mass and why they're finding guys a hundred thousand dollars because they this is messing with their money. They do not want to mess with these with that money. They do not want that revenue and those TV dollars to be messed with. Now, you're taking a game that would have been played on Sunday afternoon at 4. If you move it to Monday, probably before Monday Night Football, a boatload of people are going to watch. You move it to Tuesday, a lot of people are going to watch a primetime game between the Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs on Tuesday night, so they might want to do that. So you're probably making it up on the back end there, maybe even getting a little bit more out of it. Who knows? But... um. You, you don't want to do that. So I, I like that the NFL is being as stringent as they possibly can be and even in a weird way sending messages being, don't you guys mess this up? Don't you damn near mess this thing up? We got a good thing going here. Let's go. Next. 
All right, Ken, so as you know, the Pac-12 Conference is set to kick off their season on November 7th, and they've added a new wrinkle this year in order to get more attention nationally. The conference announced earlier this morning that the Arizona State-USC game will both kick off their seasons at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, in order to get more viewers. Now, this idea has been floated out before, but now they're finally pulling the trigger. So work or shoot, Pac-12 in the a.m. will attract more viewers and attention than Pac-12 after dark. I say shoot. There are a lot of people who get going early in the morning. It's so odd. There are a lot of people get going early in the morning for football, and by late at night, they are dead to the world. When I had Sundays off in the evening, like what? excuse me, when I didn't have to wake up in the morning on a, on a Monday morning at 3.21 a.m., and I could, I, when I did the night show in Cleveland, you want to talk about three sheets to the breeze? Boy, I could have blown fire by Sunday afternoon, boy. After some of them Browns games, I told my son was my oldest son was conceived after a Browns Saints win. The Browns got a win over the Saints. And at the facility, there's a big mural of the win right there. It's amazing. It was a week two game, by the way, Hickey. You didn't know that, did you? Holy smoke. And boy, you want to talk about <laughs> you, you want to talk about inebriation. <laughs> there is inebriation. It's the same thing with with college football. You wake up early as hell. You get pops in you by probably 7 a.m. for some of these games. Hell yeah. By 10 o'clock, no one's watching those games. No one. Oh, God. When Mike Leach was in the Pac-12 before this last year, five hours throwing the ball around Washington State games up at Pullman. Yeah, an idiot like me might watch it because it's my job. A lot of people ain't watching them games. Gamblers. Gamblers. It just becomes another form of action. I would love early morning. Give me 10 a.m., their time, football, 1 p.m., go ahead and do it. I think a lot of people would do it. I, th- I think the earlier the better you go out there on the West Coast. Go right on ahead and do it. I think that's straight shooting. Next. All right, so last night, It's so weird. Football is an early early in the day game. Basketball, God, they, they put the – well, first off, USC happens in the middle of the night. Always happens in the middle of the night. Got nothing else going on. We still have to have the, the, main, the, uh, the main event after midnight. Always has to happen that way. You have – NBA happens basically at 9 o'clock at night to, to the wee hours of the morning. Baseball, they put it later and later for whatever reason. Football, man, the earlier the better, it seems, to a lot of people. Sorry, go ahead. Next. I cut you off. That's okay. I'll say this. 9 a.m. kickoffs are – that's tough. N- to me, noon kickoffs are brutal, and 9 a.m., if you're a fan going to these games, is just – I would be upset. But, hey, for the viewers, yes, we all do win. So last night, speaking of late-night performances, the Lakers jumped out to a 2-0 series lead over the Heat after their 124-114 win. Now this moves LeBron James to just two games from capturing his fourth championship at 10 tries. The first three championships were a grind for the King, having to best KD and Russell Westbrook, needing an improbable comeback in Game 6 against the Spurs to avoid elimination, and then obviously had that remarkable 3-1 deficit to the 73-win Warriors. So work or shoot, this would be the easiest championship LeBron James has ever won. Oh, that's a shoot. That's a shoot. I spent the whole first segment on this is the, the easiest championship LeBron James has ever won. There's no road team. There's, excuse me. There's no road crowd that guys have to deal with. We always know that, are, that bench players are better at home than they are on the road in usual circumstances. You've tuned out any single player, any single fan out there because I, I, I don't think it would have went as easy for Miami had they had gone to Boston and played in the Garden with, with Celtics fans. Doesn't mean they wouldn't have won. I don't think it would have been as easy for them. 
Uh, LeBron is a guy who's 36. He's going on 36. He's already better than anybody else in the league. So who's better at tuning everything out? And you gave me an argument yesterday, and I shut you right up on the phone. Did I or did I not, Hickey, when you brought this up to me? Did I or did I not? I, would, I wouldn't go shut up. I, I still you feel strongly about totally my paused. disposition. You totally paused and caught yourself when, man, he's got me. Because the whole argument is, well, they don't have a home crowd either, and then you have to have your own juice. You have to build up your own – you have to build up everything. Okay, well, you have the best player on the face of the earth. How is that not supposed to build to play right into his hands? And plus, the best player on the face of the earth is still chasing ghosts. The other guys are just happy to be here. LeBron James is chasing a legacy. He's chasing a guy who he can't play against. Oh, that's definitely going to play into his hands. The, ga- the, the series against Oklahoma City – you can give me an argument about that, but you still had a back and forth on the road and at home, and you still had to answer what happened with the year before with Dallas and that loss. San Antonio is probably the most underrated dynasty in professional sports history. That was a tough one. It goes without saying, 73-9 and against Golden State with that team that changed the face of the NBA because they went on and got Kevin Durant after that. That was the hardest championship he ever got, and that will probably still always be up there. There's no asterisk next to this one. Please do not mistake that. This is still the easiest championship he's ever got. All of these things, the bubble. He's a 35-year-old man with three kids and a wife. He doesn't go out and about most nights, even pre-pandemic. He's at home with the kiddos. God, he shows it all over the place on Instagram, from what I'm told. Oh, so this place in, in, oh, come on. You think I really got an Instagram? I'll turn over all my hard drives to you. He has Taco Tuesday at home with his family. He has a glass of rosé wine. He hangs out with his family. The other 21-year-olds, they're not hanging out with their families. He's 35. He's been all those places already. He's going to have a nice, quiet evening in. It's not much different from the bubble. It's not much different from that existence. This plays right into his hands. It would be, not only is this the easiest championship he's ever won, and he's going to win it, it would be the biggest disappointment of his career if Miami were to win this championship. How you like that take there, Hick? Wow. The bi- and I mean the biggest disappointment of his career if they were to lose this championship. Because I think this is the last one he gets. I agree with Anthony Lyme on that. You're going to have a full, full-scale full Golden State team back. The Clippers will have a different look to them. You will have Kevin Durant back in this league. You will have a desperate Milwaukee team. I think this might be the last hurrah for him. Well, probably he'll rail off the next four in a row, and I'll look like an idiot. But I think this is the easiest one that he has. Next. All right, Kenny, the MLB playoffs are off and running as the wild card series have concluded so far. And while it's been a good postseason for teams like the Padres and Marlins, who scored series wins for the first time in decades, it was a horrible postseason for the Central Division teams. Mm. Both the NL and AL Central Divisions combined to send seven teams to the postseason, yet none of them are advancing to the divisional round. In fact... The Central Divisions went a combined 2-14 and 14 in the wild card round. Workers shoot. The Central Divisions are the worst divisions in baseball. Boy, that's a weird question. The Twins aren't, the twins aren't bad. They just Fraud. How bad. about frauds? The Central okay. Divisions are the yeah, biggest frauds say, in baseball. I can't say they're the worst. First off, you have a 60-game sample. So how am I supposed to say that? Frauds, yeah, you know what, I guess I'll say, yeah, that's a shoot. I don't know if we have any works here. I think that's a shoot. Now, I I think that this is a weird year, and you really can't guarantee anything there, but 
yeah, I think they're frauds. Indians fans thought they were losing the whole way through. Uh, the White Sox, the White Sox had a little bit of hell. Boy, a lot of Twins fans thought that this was going to be their year. Cubs, I think I saw Matt Snyder right this the end of an era. I think, what, all the core players are basically gone from the 2016 championship team already? Oh, that was a quick turnaround. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say shoot. I'm going to say shoot on that one. Is that the end? That, I think we should end it here because my last one was about a topic you're about to bring up. So instead of kind of wasting it there, I think it would be good to push Ooh, it to 1 o'clock. Look at you teasing, Hickey. You know what I'm going to get into, don't you, here? Yes. Okay. yes. Well, you did just tease it to the audience yeah, before well, this started. You know, well, I well. wanted to make sure you were paying attention as well. Look at Hickey liking that. Another fantastic rendition of Worker Shoot. Yeah, I don't want to be too mean to the Central Division, but uh, the Central Division on either the NL or the AL. But, yeah, you fraudulent i think you'd have to say that the twins have had a horrific history here recently the indians have had a horrific history here recently i think the cubs anything short of a world series berth after what they previously were able to accomplish that is going to be a massive disappointment i think you'd say and certainly the reds with with pitching performances that they turned in they did a terrible job managing there coming up next going off what we just said about the twins i'm going to speak specifically to twins and falcons fans guys it's better to be close and heartbroken than to be far away and hopeless. I want you to trust me on this one. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. <laughs> 